We're continuing a sermon series in the letter of First John, a book written by the Apostle John. And the series is titled Full Assurance, kind of based on this verse from Hebrews that says this. It speaks of the, the full assurance that faith brings. Faith in Jesus can bring us a kind of full assurance. John said that he wrote his letter of First John for this purpose, so that you may know that you have eternal life so that you may know, not wonder, not hope, but know, have certain knowledge. Sometimes we wonder, can you really know? Especially when it comes to spiritual things. Uh, Maybe you came to faith later in life like me, maybe you grew up in the church, but this creeping question comes in every once in a while. Can I really know, have full assurance? We can says the scripture, and that's what this letter of 1 John is about. Uh, If you've been around for previous messages, I know we've talked the past couple that we're using a way of looking at this letter suggested by Dr. John Stott, an Anglican theologian. He suggests that the Apostle John puts forth for us three tests in this letter to assess if our relationship with God is secure. There's a moral test, a social test, and a doctrinal test. The moral test was the test of obedience. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The social test is the test of love. Pastor Sam talked about that last week. And the doctrinal test is the test of belief. And that's what we're focused on today. And as we've mentioned previously as well, uh, because the Apostle John in his letter introduces each of these tests in chapter two of this letter and then circles back to them sometime later, our readings are kind of a hodgepodge of verses. So today we're reading about the third test, the test of belief from chapter two and from chapter four in the letter of 1 John. So let's listen to that scripture now. Beginning in chapter two, verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. 
and then from chapter four. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Andy. So this one's kind of the big ticket item. I mean, the main thing. Uh, and it, it, it wasn't just the big ticket item for the audience to whom John wrote, you know, this test of belief. Uh, it, it has been the big ticket item since Jesus' time, since he walked the earth in person. And it continues to be the big ticket item in our day. I mean, it's, it's the primary question. Who is Jesus? Specifically, was Jesus the person he claimed to be, namely the Christ, was he really the Messiah promised by God, sent to redeem the world? Um, now, if you're, if you're kind of new to this series or um, didn't catch maybe the, the first message in the series, kind of set the context for this letter. The Apostle John was writing uh, to a congregation that had experienced a significant division. A big chunk of the church folks had left and they were claiming that they had some kind of special knowledge, that they had received a kind of a special revelation from God and that Jesus was not who he claimed to be, that Jesus was not the Christ. And that was, that was the big problem. That was the presenting issue for the writing of this entire letter. But that congregation where this division had happened was left kind of rattled and wavering. And so John wrote to encourage them. And he, the way he encouraged them was not just kind of pastorally, hey, like you're good, encouraging them that way. He also countered very directly the teaching of the false teachers and he showed the church how they could know that their relationship with God was secure, how they could discern truth from falsehood in a world that's often very confusing. And, and as you see, if you read this letter and kind of soak in it, the Apostle John pulls no punches in confronting the false teachers. I mean, we got one of the lines in today's reading. Who is the liar? Okay, John, tell us what you really think, right? Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. I think he just called him the devil, right? Such a person is the Antichrist. I, I think the Apostle John's actually making another point. Um, look at the first verse we read today. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. 
Now, if you're less familiar with the Bible and the apocalyptic books, the appearance of the Antichrist, the, the, the great adversary to God, is a sign that the end is coming. And John, the Apostle John here, I think is just um, making the point that those false teachers who are denying that Jesus was the Christ are literally anti-Christ. They're, they're against Christ because they're denying that he had actually come. So these many little antichrists are forerunners of the one that was still to come. It's clear that John's talking about the false teachers. Look what he wrote. They went out from us. Now he's, he's talking about just very practical local congregation. Like this half took off and this half is still here. And he's saying that they, nothing bad about you all, they went out from us who's now left, right? He's talking about a very practical church split. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. He's talking about the group that, that left the church. And the distinguishing factor between those two groups was the doctrinal test, the test of belief. Or put positively later in the letter, John put it this way, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. I mean, this is, this is the test of belief. Do you believe that Jesus was and is the Christ? You can, you can make that relevant to our cultural setting in many different ways. My experience and observation is that many people can think of Jesus as a religious idea rather than a person who died and rose from the dead and is actually alive right now. That's what we're talking about, the second. Not the religious idea of God or the religious idea of Christianity, the historical claim that it actually happened and that he is actually alive right now. Uh, writes John Stott, no system can be tolerated, however loud its claims or learned its adherence, if it denies that Jesus is the Christ come in the flesh. That is, if it denies either his eternal deity or his historical humanity, its teachers are false prophets and its origin is the spirit of Antichrist. Those who deny the Son have neither the Father nor the Spirit. The fundamental doctrine of Christianity, which can never be compromised, is Jesus Christ himself. I mean, if you think about it, we're, we call ourselves Christians, right? Baked into the, the very name of our faith, Christianity is the foundational claim that Jesus was the Christ and worthy of our worship and allegiance, right? Christianity, Jesus was the Christ. The Apostle John names the heresy, the false teaching, and it's the denial that Jesus is the Christ, but he also names the effect of that denial. Did you catch that? No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father. Denying the Son means denying the Father who sent the Son. And this is what was going on. This is more context, what was going on in their day. The, 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 the group who left, these folks over here, right, were claiming, we got special knowledge. We really know God. You really don't. And what John is saying is, if you deny that Jesus was the Christ, you really don't have the Father. 
because you're denying both the Father and the Son. So this is the heady part of the sermon. So hang with me. Just make it real simple. Third test, the test of belief. You can know that your relationship with God is secure if you believe Jesus was the Christ, that he was who he claimed to be, that he did what he said he came to do, all of that. This is the third test, the test of belief. Now, the Apostle John spent some time unpacking this one in ways that he didn't unpack the previous two. Uh, the claim that Jesus was and is the Christ would be, the Apostle John knew, attacked throughout the coming centuries. It would be hard for all Christians across all times. So John gives us some very practical stuff for living as a follower of Jesus in a confusing world. He reminds us of the two safeguards God has given us, maybe guardrails on either side of the straight and narrow path, if you will. And the Apostle John gives us a free spiritual test kit. So let's do the safeguards first. John introduces the safeguards in, in the reading today with the, the key phrase, as for you. So what, what he means by that is he's contrasting the remaining congregation against those who have left. And he's saying, look, as for you, if you run that through the Bible decoder ring, you get, don't focus on the stuff you can't control. Focus on the one thing in your life you can control, which is you. You've got no control over anybody else, what they do, what they think, but you do have control of yourself. As for you, so here's the first safeguard. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and the Father. That, that phrase, what you heard from the beginning, uh, refers to the original gospel. This is kind of back to the first message in this series. Um, the, the letter of 1 John begins in this way. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with our hands, or looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you concerning the word of life. That which was from the beginning. There was a testimony about Jesus that was kind of the original gospel, so to speak, the apostolic witness. In the gospel of John, the apostle explains what he means by that phrase, that which was from the beginning. Look at the beginning of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That which was from the beginning refers to Jesus, the Word of God, who was, was God and was with God eternally. This is, this is the original Gospel, right? The basic apostolic witness that God came to earth in the person of Jesus, and, and that's, that's the message. God did not wait for us to accomplish religious things and work our way back up to him. God came to human beings where we live, moved into our neighborhood, so to speak. This is not one of many options on the buffet of human religions from which we can pick to, to kind of piece together our personal belief system. This is all about what God has actually done on the timeline of human history. And it's about God coming to us in person, entering into our world of brokenness for the purpose of paying a debt he did not owe for us who owed a debt we could never pay. That's the gospel. And again, not, not operating in the realm of religious ideas. Operating in the realm of, this really happened. This is the real deal. This is the best explanation of what is happening in this world right now. 
it is true. This is the testimony to Jesus that was the original gospel, that which the apostles witnessed. And their testimony is recorded in the the small w word of God, which we know as scripture. The apostolic witness to Jesus is contained therein. Thus John can say, as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. See that the gospel of Jesus is living in here. The basic message, nothing fancy, no frills, just God really did it. Jesus is actually alive right now, loves you, loves the world, wants to be your friend, is willing to forgive you of everything you've done wrong and guide you into the future, period. Let that live in here. Or the way Paul put it in Colossians, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. It's all about the gospel. And the word of God keeps us on the right track. It's one of the safeguards we have. The word is the apostolic witness to Jesus. The other safeguard is the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 27 in what we read. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And that this anointing is referred to earlier in the passage we read today. It's referring to the gift of the Holy Spirit that believers receive when, when we come to Christ. Right? The Holy Spirit not only comforts us, the Bible describes all sorts of other things that the Spirit does. Look at John, uh, the Gospel of John, John 14 and 16. You can read about what the Holy Spirit does. The, the Spirit guides us into all truth. The Spirit reminds us of the things that Jesus said. And we all need the guidance of the Spirit. That guidance is real, not counterfeit, says the Apostle John. As some of the false teachers were saying, hey, the guidance you're getting isn't quite as good as the guidance we're receiving. The real deal's over here. You should come over here. We've received the Holy Spirit who guides us. So the word of God and the spirit of God are our safeguards in the journey of life with Jesus. Just because I love this quote so much from Dr. Stott, listen to him again. Here then are the two safeguards against error, the apostolic word and the anointing spirit. Both are received at conversion. You heard the word, he says, and you received the spirit. The word is an objective safeguard while the anointing of the spirit is a subjective experience. But both the apostolic teaching and the heavenly teacher are necessary for continuance in the truth. This is the biblical balance too seldom preserved by people. Some honor the word and neglect the spirit who alone can interpret it. Others honor the spirit but neglect the word out of which he teaches. The only safeguard against lies is to have abiding within us both the word that we heard from the beginning and the anointing that we received from him. It is by these old possessions, not by new teachings or teachers, that we shall abide in the truth. Cue the theological mic drop. Right? So good. Word and spirit. This is how Christians abide in Christ. So these are the safeguards. Um, The Apostle John also gives us a free spiritual test kit. How many people are sick of the phrase test kit? Oh my goodness, nasal swabs, sample vials, 
test cartridges, like makes us, ugh, makes us twitch, doesn't it? John gives, gives us a free spiritual test kit to use in the world as we seek to follow Jesus. Here it is. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So notice what we're testing for. The apostle tells us to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So this test kit, this is a test to identify the origin of a spirit or teaching or idea. It's not assessing its sincerity, not even assessing its character. It's not assessing really its competence. The test kit assesses its origin. Very important. Uh, if, you, if you read through scripture, this is a whole other conversation, but we all, you and I all have this inner dialogue going on all the time. You know what that's like. Not, not audible voices for most of us, but there is an inner dialogue that happens. And according to the scripture, there are four voices that populate that inner dialogue. The Lord and the world, the flesh, and the devil. The four voices that are at work in there. So ultimately, the Apostle John is saying, it's important to test the spirits as to their origin because they can come from only one of two places. Right? It's either divine or diabolical, ultimately. Uh, and, and, and we can discern that. That's not just left up in the air like, oh, who knows? I have no idea. Like God has given us a way of assessing that. So we're, we're testing the origin. Here's the test. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Notice the emphasis on the froms, come from God, right? We're, we're doing the origin thing. Where do these spirits come from? Now, to make this very practical, because this is really usable. This is not just like you read this and you're like, okay, whatever, that was weird. I don't really know what to do with that. Imagine your way into the checkout line at Myers, and the magazine rack is there, right? Uh, there's an architectural magazine, beautiful Caribbean scene. The picture is taken from the infinity pool. The water goes out. There's the water edge right there. And then you see the Caribbean below and palm trees and the white sand beach. And the, 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 the title for that picture is Your Private Sanctuary. Right? It, it, might, it, do, it doesn't happen all the time, but you've got to be alert because there might be a spirit communicating to you a message or trying to through that magazine cover saying, you know, your life would be, would be better, uh, maybe, maybe complete, at least more fulfilled, if you had that or if you lived there. Maybe. You tracking with me? We've experienced these things. Happens all the time and we talk very little about it, right? There are spirits behind everything. Or to turn up the volume a little bit, Suppose there's a female fitness model in a bikini. Triggers all sorts of messages depending on your vantage point. 
or has the possibility to. Uh, maybe some women see that and the voice in the inner dialogue says, what, what? I wish I looked like that. Maybe for others, the lust engine gets revved up and minds start going places they shouldn't go. We have the test kit. I'm just saying we can use it. We can ask in that moment, do these spirits acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that Jesus is Lord of all, that every human being everywhere is precious in his sight for the sole reason that they are creations of God created in God's image, worthy of dignity and respect for that reason alone. You have the test kit, right? I, would you please nod your head if you're tracking with me and you're sensing like how you can actually use this thing, right? You can actually use this thing. So I don't know about your COVID tests. Ours are just like somewhere behind the towels in the back of the bathroom cabinet. Don't put this test kit there. Put this one smack in the middle of the kitchen table or wherever you see it every day and think about it. You can use this. Um, so the challenge for the, for the week is try to use it. Because when you try to do this, it, it will make you think about it more. Try to think about what messages are being communicated to me and what's the spirit behind it? And does that spirit acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh with all that goes along with that? Then you know. You know from whence that spirit comes. Uh, most, most folks in this church uh, who've been around for a while know my personal story. I wasn't raised in the church. I came to Jesus as a senior in college. The Lord used two books in, in a very profound way in my life, very important for me in helping me overcome some pretty significant barriers to belief. And those two books were Josh McDowell's little book, More Than a Carpenter, uh, and C.S. Lewis's kind of more famous book, Mere Christianity. Both very important to me. Listen to this uh, from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity on what to do with the claim that Jesus was and is the Christ. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. That's Jesus now. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would be either a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him, kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great moral teacher, a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. See, the test of belief is supremely important because what we believe about Jesus is everything. It is everything. 
The Apostle Paul put it this way, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and, just, and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Of course, he's not talking about just saying stuff we don't believe with our mouth. We believe in our hearts and our mouths profess what it is that we believe in our hearts. And indeed, Jesus is Lord and God did raise him from the dead. He lives right now, loves you, and wants to be your friend for real. That is amazingly good news. And we remember just how tangible that claim and promise is as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Pray with me, would you? Father, would you please help us with our unbelief? We all have doubts. We all have unbelief. Thank you that your word acknowledges that. And at the same time, we can take great assurance through the test of belief, acknowledging and trusting that you are the Christ you claim to be, come from God for the purpose of chasing us down and helping us, paying the price for us, and calling us back to yourself. Make us the people you created us to be, O oh God. And call us deeper into relationship with you, Jesus. Please help us, God, by your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.